Welcome, everybody, to Mormons on Mushrooms. Uh, just a reminder that this is a storytelling podcast where we discuss alternative methods for healing from trauma and seeking a more fulfilling life. A lot of times on the podcast, we discuss triggering topics, and we ask that you make your personal mental health top priority. Uh, lastly, the opinions offered by our guests don't necessarily reflect the opinions of the hosts. Sit back, buckle up, and enjoy. Hello, Mike. I just hit record. Like we haven't even greeted each other, but I just hit record. That's the best way to do it, man. That's the yeah, best way to do it. I agree. I'm sending a quick text to our buddy David saying I'm going to miss out on the Kundalini thing. Damn, I really want to do that. I yeah. It's always on a night where something else is going on. It's just a lot going on in the week, right? So let me just send him this text. And uh, hello, David. David would love you. Love you, David. I'm not going to make your Kundalini event tonight. Super bummed. Good luck. Oh, I want to light a candle too. Yeah, dude, I'm getting my candles going. Before we get like really into it, I don't know what we're going to talk about tonight. What, what, do, oh, just for, the, for those listening at home, Mike, without warning, has just stood up and walked away from the, oh, here he's back. I'm, never mind. I'm, I never leave you. I'm always with you. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> if you're not in my little box, I, I, I feel like you're gone. I start getting like separation anxiety. Yeah. It's a, it's a peekaboo. We got to practice, man. <laughs> that peekaboo of getting used to someone leaving your world, but knowing they'll come back, you know, I know, I know we talk about it, but I, I still have the uh, infant Doug is still in there. Like, am I, do I, ex do I exist anymore? Mike has gone from the computer. Do I no longer exist? I think I don't have to be a, your therapist to tell you that's a trauma response. I know. <laughs> I fear abandonment, man. It's true. Like that's a thing I'm working on. Like I have a big, I have a big fear of abandonment. It's Same. why it's probably why I do 95% of the things that I do is so that people won't uh, stop loving me. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like if you could just step into their shoes just for a minute, they'd be like, why would I, why would I stop loving Doug? You know, but I get it, man. You know, it's true. Like I, I agreed, but the problem with asking myself that question is that I know all the, I know all the reasons. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I'm, they don't know. They don't know. That's why they would say, why on earth would I ever leave Doug? Why would my loved ones, my, my wife and kids, my, my family members, my best friends, why would they ever, they, they would think to themselves, I love Doug. Why would I, why would I abandon Doug? Because they don't have all the fucking answers. I do. I have the answers rattling around in my brain. And I'm like, I can give you a list. Like, do you want me to bullet point it? Or do you want me to like expound? Like, how do you want me to tell you? You know, dude, I'm so glad you're saying this. Cause I've kind of felt like, I mean, I knew I wasn't alone in this, but like, <laughs> it's a part of me that's like, it's like, Oh, but if they really knew me. Yeah. Yeah. They really knew me. Ah. Uh, and it's huh. not like I got like, I mean, I'm not going to even, I'm not even going to finish that sentence. Like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a defense mechanism to be like, it's not like I'm out there like, you know, murdering and raping and cheating and stealing. It, it's, it's that I, I do have 
crazy. Like I got crazy in me and I got bad decisions and, and, and stupid things inside of me, you know, that man, if someone really, <laughs> that's why I get nervous about anybody. Anytime anybody's talking about like extreme honesty or ultimate honesty with the people, right? I'm like, no, no, there is shit in here. I'm pointing at my head and in here, I'm pointing at my heart. There is shit. And I also had to point down at my butt and, and my dick and my knees, like there's shit inside of me that is like, I'm not sharing that with anybody. Yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I was listening to a, uh, did you listen to that one, that Aubrey Marcus podcast? I listened for a while, but I couldn't really quite get in. I oh. usually like Aubrey Marcus, but I, yeah. I, for some reason it wasn't touching me. So I just, I, I abandoned it. Well, I'm same. I, I've loved so many of his podcasts and I, the guy seems amazing. And I hope one day, I hope to one day meet him and have him on here to chat with him. But there was one he talked about with his community that just didn't resonate with me at all. And part of that was that he, he said something like, okay, write down in your journal, the most intimate secrets you have, like the most true you in a way. Right. And if you have no one to show that to, that's a problem. And I was kind of like bullshit. Is it okay to say right now? You can it's say like, bullshit. Well, we swear is, on this podcast, Mike, just to clarify, like you're okay to say bullshit. <laughs> no, I feel bad about just calling out this someone who is not here in the room to defend himself. No, I think that if it, if it works for, if it works for him and, and people who uh, that resonates with, that's great. It does not resonate with me. It, it, it makes me feel very guarded. Like, like I don't even want to tell the the page in my journal, some of my secrets, because I'm like my, first of all, there's a paper record, a trail. And second of all, I don't like the act of writing down some of my inner weird makes me feel like, oh shit, even my journal is going to judge me. Like who knows who's going to read this fucking journal in, you know, when I die and they're, you know, they're sitting around reading my journal. I'm like, no, 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 no. That is not for you guys to share at my funeral or even to know about me after I'm gone. No. And, but that's the point is like, it's assuming that you know who you are. Boom. And well if you said. knew, if you knew who you are, what are we even doing here? You, you already won the game, man. That's yeah, we're in, sure. we're in it to discover ourselves, to find out who we are. So you're writing in your journal. And I think one of the benefits of journal writing, especially one where you can just be authentic to yourself or just like write down, I say authentic to yourself, but I'm counteracting that right now, or I'm like contradicting it because it's like, I mean, just like let whatever comes out, out onto the page. Maybe then you can start seeing, oh, this is coming from a very wounded side of me. And this is coming from like a shadow side. And this is coming from like, oh, a 12-year-old Doug. And you can start seeing the different parts of you that are coming out on the page and get some clarity. If someone else were to read that, they don't know which side of that you that is. They might think, oh, this is, this is the center of Mike that's writing that. And no, then that's where you, I think there's a value in writing that in a page, in a journal, just for you. And then you then have the space to then say, what am I going to share with who I want to share it? Who, who, who do I want to share what with? Dude, Mike, think about, think about how important context, tone, uh, 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 relationship. Think about how important all that stuff is to communication. Like, have you ever sent a text or an email? I mean, even if you use like exclamation points and emojis and all that kind of shit, even if you send one of those, people can read it the wrong way, like completely different than your intentions or, or how you meant something or, or, you know, your tone, dude, I'm not writing 
I'm not writing in my journal something that has no context, no tone is only for me, but I know damn well that my, like my grandkids are going to like read it when I die to like get the dirt and see what they can say about me at my funeral. Honestly, I know I keep talking about like the concept of death, but like, I'm not, I'm not sharing. There's parts of me that I'm not sharing with anybody, but me. That includes like, I feel like I'm probably most open with you and my spouse. There's parts of me that I won't share with you. I mean, you know, most of my dirty little secrets, but I, there are still things about me that I won't share. Like I'll even say to you, Hey Mike, what I'm about to say, like, please forgive me or, or don't judge me. We'll we'll say those, like, uh, you know, those qualifying statements to each other. Even then I've never gotten any kind of judgment from you. You're always very supportive, but even with that, Man, there, I, I come on, dude. I, I, oh. I gotta save. I gotta save some for myself. I guess I, I don't know what. It well, is. I think you should. I think there's something about holding space for yourself that then allows you to connect with others. If there's no barrier there, it's not. It's that's like enmeshment. That's like it's. There's no one to connect with because you're just like blah in a way. And I think there's, we have this illusion that if we we re, if we were to read someone's journal, we would know them. Therefore, yeah. no, you don't. You, you're missing the self aspect that's connecting all those parts together, which is why like communication, especially face-to-face and interaction is so important because now I get to interact with all sides of Doug, but I also get to interact with the Doug, the self that's working with all of those parts together and bringing them out and deciding, Oh, I'm going to share this now. I'm going to share this now. No, I'm going to hold this. I'm not sharing that part with Mike. Now that's, that guy's a little, uh, yeah, we're not sharing that part. (laughs) I mean, yeah, you, 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 you just nailed it. Like, you know, one of the things that you and I say a lot and have said really since the beginning, I remember it was one of our very first posts on Instagram was about, you know, do I contradict myself very well? Then I contradict myself. I am vast. I contain multitudes. Mm-hmm. Well, shit, man, in those multitudes of me, there's some fucked up characters in there. Like there's some really weird hombres to quote my best friend, Donald Trump. Like there are some weird dudes and dudettes in Mm -hmm. that, in that multitude. And I'm not ready to share it with everybody, you know? And it makes me, it, it makes me feel like, Oh shit, I want to live like the most authentic life. And I want to be honest and open and sincere, but it's like, even when I'm doing that, I feel this way. Yeah. And and so are there just, are there just endless depths to, to, to plunge? And if there are endless depths to plunge, is it an exercise in sort of like almost self-flagellation? Are you just looking for reasons to, to, to dislike yourself or reasons to feel unworthy or less than, right? Mm, Talking about like what what you're trying to fill up your bucket with at that point, right? Always, man. Like I'm always trying to fill it. Like I not, I, I, we're, we're being kind of serious right now. And and, and I'm going to, I'm going to make this a little silly, but like, I'll give you a confession right here and now. Are you ready? I love confessions, man. That's what I'm about. (laughs) So this is not, this is not like mainstream or cool to say, but eh, maybe it is. Maybe I'm just full of my own shit. So I'm just going to say it. Never mind. It's fine. We're just going to, I just want to bring it up and I want to talk about it. Like Will Smith. I want to talk Will Smith for a second. Let's talk Will Smith. Yeah. Let's get jiggy with it. Did he sing that song or not? What's that? 
I said getting jiggy with it. Did he do that song or not? Yeah, he's getting jiggy with it. Okay, good. I got it. Yeah, right. well, we're getting jiggy with it. Yeah. Na 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 na. Yeah. <laughs> so, I I'm not speaking for you, Mike, but for me, Will Smith is my Lucille Ball. Like, like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air was a, a can't miss multiple episodes seen every episode seen multiple times. Like that was to me in my most formative years, that was the, the, the show that got me. That was the show that raised me quite frankly, uncle Phil might as well raised me. Did you, did you love, sorry to cut you off, but did you love his first like album where it's like the nightmare on my street? And oh yeah. Parents just don't understand. Like, (laughs) are you kidding me? Like I've been down with Will Smith since the get go, dude, come on. I was even like, oh no, Will Smith. I it was kind of around the same time as the MC Hammer one, but I was all Will Smith at that point, man. Well, it's funny too, and both of those guys, like Will Smith, has had a, an, a, I mean, like a prolific rapping, acting. I mean, everything. Will Smith is everything, right? Name yeah. some, name someone bigger than Will Smith. I'm, can you? Yeah, I don't know if I can, man. Like, you know, somebody could go like, oh, in the acting thing, it's like there's Tom Cruise and then there's all the yeah. classic actors like De Niro and shit like that. But I was like, thinking like Denzel Washington, but he, that's just acting, though. That's just acting. Yeah. Uh-huh. You go Tom Cruise, but it's just acting. You could also go into like the the, the great rappers. Like, I honestly, I think Kendrick Lamar is going to be one of the great rappers. But then you go into like, you know, shit like. Uh, obviously, Jay Z and Kanye and 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 Biggie and Eminem and Tupac, like like Will Smith is in that conversation too. Yeah, even though his songs are a little bit more like you know kids bop and and clean and and teeny bopper. I mean, even even Will Smith tried to go a little bit hard when he was like uh, tick tick boom or whatever it was, like boom shake 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 the room, yeah. boom shake shake <laughs> shake the room. Right, that was like Will Smith going a little hard, right? But like Will Smith is to me, my icon, I mean, my idol, like I, I want to, I want my life to be Will Smith. And yet what he did was absolutely just unacceptable. Like going up and slapping Chris Rock, like totally unacceptable, like completely like shameful. Mm-hmm. But everybody's taking these sides. Like, you know, you'll see people, most people are like, Hey, Chris Rock is I'm taking the side of Chris Rock, but then you'll see like some people be like, I I'm glad Will Smith went and slapped him. Like, don't talk to about a woman that way and all that kind of stuff. And I, I, I get it. There's two sides, but my side is I really hate that that happened because I love Will Smith. Clearly we're watching someone who is a legend have like some real mental health issues. Like even Will Smith can't, tackle the demons that are inside Will Smith. Mm-hmm. It's like, what chance do I have? But then it's like, well, Will Smith doesn't want to be, I mean, he's the same. He's got the same shit. Like the reason he did what he did and the reason he's been on blast and the reason like, you know, his, his wife publicly talked about how she cheated on him. Cause he's not good at sex, all kinds of like Will Smith we're talking about. We're not yeah. talking about some guy who was in like a TV show 
30 years ago and then disappeared. We're not talking about like Joey Lawrence or whatever <laughs> from Blossom. That's a good reference, man. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I got, I got, man, listen, hey, if you want to talk 90s TV shows, like I got all, I got all <laughs> the polls. I got all the references. What I saw was not like this unacceptable act of violence or this like, whose side are you on, Chris Rock or Will Smith? What I saw was someone who has mental health issues and welcome to the club and demons. Welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. <laughs> uh-huh. Who didn't know how to react in a situation where there is no, it's a lose-lose. Well, and I think that's where I, I love how you're one showing, you know, saying like not defending the act in a way, but also never, showing never like, would defend you, that. That's horrible. But I love Will Smith. And you can still love Will Smith, you know, because I think there's an element of like the deem, you know, we, we talk about the shadow side in that moment, the shadow side, we, when we act from our shadow side, sometimes we can go like, holy shit, what came over me? I don't know what came over yeah. me. When a, a complex is triggered, um, and that, that's the whole point of the complex. It gets triggered and the complex can have almost like a, oh, it does have a, like a mind of its own in a way. We've all had those moments where we're like, I don't know what came over me. Yeah. Um, was it a moment? Was it a, you know, a, a extended period of time and it's okay. But it's also showing that that part, it wasn't necessarily Will Smith that went and did that. It was that part of him that he got lost control of for a bit, you know, and you saw in the regret afterwards and kind of like, I think he had had this thing and he even said in his speech, like, uh, you know, Denzel was telling him that when you're at your highest moment, be careful. Cause that's when the devil comes for you. Yeah, man. And that's, I mean, I would say that's when your demons come for you, man. Sometimes, you know, like, well, yeah. And, they, and it's, it's kind of like, they don't go away either. You know, it, no. it, it's like all this stuff that we're doing is helping us. It, it, it's helping us come to terms with ourselves. It's helping us heal some of those more broken aspects of us. It's also helping us like maybe make friends with some of those demons, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. But dude, it, it, it's not like, it, it's not like, uh, you know, every good story has like a, you know, a beginning, a climax and an end or whatever. There's no end to this. Like it, it, it's, you, you, we are continually plunging the depths of our weird, crazy, brutal, demonic, happy-go-lucky, awesome, fucked-up psyche, right? They're all in there, man. They're all in there, man. Multitudes are in there. Uh Uh-huh. And And then you add... Oh, sorry. I was going to say, and we don't... You don't want them to go away. Really? No, I I want them in there. Want them in there. Because they drive drive certain parts of me. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. And there was a time when... uh, Shit, I'm not going to say that next line. But but, but I've... I feel like I've, I feel like I understand Will Smith. Like I, I have, I have gotten into physical altercations that I regret that, that I deeply, deeply feel ashamed about. Fortunately for me, it wasn't on Oscar night and I wasn't winning best actor and there weren't like 10 million cameras and a billion people on Twitter to talk about it. It was just me, you know, at a, at a sporting event, beating up a guy, like kind of thing or getting, or getting my ass kicked one of the, you know, both ways. But like, I feel bad for Will Smith. 
I, I mean, it, I feel bad because it, it did, it was like on public display, one of the worst moments, you know, that, that when the devil did come out, like, yeah, I've had those moments too. And, and it hasn't been public. I and mean, nobody probably, saw the most, probably the most public is when I went and like got in that fight for you Dude, at that the time you basketball game. Ass? <laughs> You're talking about the time that you absolutely saved my ass from getting like maybe murdered. I'm glad you came out then, man. But it, at the end of that, I'm like, well, I don't know what the fuck I just did. Right. It was kind of like, uh, it was a basketball game and you, uh, I don't know if we need to tell much of the story other than like, uh, we've told it, but honestly, like, yeah. like I, I, that thing is burned into my brain. That happened 22 years ago or 21 mm-hmm. years ago, but I can go back. I can smell I can smell the gym. I can, I can feel my clothes being ripped off of me. Like, remember how I had that, like Richard Simmons sweating to the old yeah. look. The rest <laughs> so, of the game? Yeah. I mean, that guy was, that guy was kicking my ass. And just for those of you who don't know, uh, in a basketball game in college, I was getting my ass kicked by some huge guy. And Mike came in like a fucking tornado slash, uh, Tasmanian devil slash Muhammad Ali and grabbed the guy, spun him around, threw him against a brick wall, started kicking his ass. And I mean, the rest is history. I think like you and I, I, I've, I've been deeply, deeply in love with you ever since. Like I've got like Rapunzel syndrome with you. (laughs) Like I will forever fight your battles, you know? Well, and that showed me that someone could love my fire, you know, oh, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, I fucking yeah. love that fire, but it, it, that's an example of like, you know, I'm, I think for the most part, I'm usually a pretty calm guy, you know, and, uh, but the calmest, like the, the cool, calm collective, like, you, you know, Kanye talked about keeping it 300. He was talking about CCC Roman numerals for 300 cool, calm and collected Mike should be rapping that song. Like, no, not Kanye, who we got. I mean, I, you know, we got to talk about Kanye, I guess, someday. But like Mike <laughs> is keeping it 300. It just shows that we have all these parts in us. You know, when you talk about diving deep and all the like the deeper we go, the more we'll find out that we have absolute monsters inside of us. that are capable yeah. of very destructive things. And that's OK. It's OK. You know? That's okay. Not only is it okay, but we all have it. And it's, so it's okay to recognize that that's in me. It's in everyone and it doesn't define you. And it's also like, you don't have to share that with everybody. You know, you can keep those to yourself. You can hold those. You can be like, Oh yeah, I see my inner monster and I don't need to share that with anybody. It's my inner monster to hold, you know? Exactly, dude. And if you decide at times to share that, yeah, you can, I mean, we're kind of sharing it right now and just speaking that, right? So like we're sharing aspects of it. I think that's, I think that's a key, you know, it's in a way, let me try to bring it this way. Cause we were talking about codependency, right? Um, we weren't, but <laughs> we've talked about it before. <laughs> we talked about codependency before. <laughs> where It's like, you know, compare it like to a, uh, you're in a, in a relationship and with someone else and you're, you don't know where you begin and they end and, you know, and then, but as you kind of separate that codependency, lean into yourself. Now you can connect with that person. The same, the same is inside of you too. 
You know, if you're, if you're just kind of like, blah, I'm just going to spill out everything that I have. No, create, you can create some distance, hold space for yourself, create some distance between yourself and those parts. Now you can connect to that part. Now you can bring out that inner monster when your best friend's getting his ass beaten, you know, like. Yeah. What, what better time to bring out that Viking or, or that, or that warrior, you know? And you probably don't bring him out when someone makes a fun of your wife at the Oscars. You probably yeah, don't. Yeah, do that. that's probably not the best time to bring it out. It's also not, I mean, you, you don't bring it out on, in the home. You don't bring it out with kids. You don't bring it out in the, you know, with yeah, work, you know, type of thing. But like, if there's a threat, like, honestly, you made it a judgment call. I was going to get my ass kicked. That dude was enormous. I mean, he, he was a offensive lineman for the university that we went to. I mean, he was a big old motherfucker. I was, there's, there's zero, there's zero doubt in my mind. I was going to get my ass kicked. Like we're talking like jaw wired shut, broken nose, that kind of stuff. And Mike, who has like the calmest demeanor of anybody I've ever met. There's a Viking, there's a warrior inside of Mike that was like, not on my watch. Not, not, not today, not here at this fucking basketball game. And that's okay. That's fine. But like, if someone says something that offends you or things don't really go your way, which these are things that have caused me to, in the past, feel like I, my, I saw red, you know, type of thing like that warrior wanted to come up. But it's about making it's about making relationships with that warrior inside of you of like, hey, man, I don't think you're needed here very much. Like, I'll let you know when you're needed, but I love you and you're part of me and we're, we're in it together. Rather than going to a fucking church basketball game and and yelling at like the 13 year old referee kid, you know what I mean? Right, or a, yeah. or a, like a like getting kicked out of a of a high school sporting event because. You're, these are all things that have happened in the past, not to me, but to people in my family, like getting kicked out of multiple high school sporting events because you're yelling at like officials that get $17 a game. It's like, all right, let's, <laughs> let's call, let's call a truce here on the old, uh, hating the referees situation. Like so, the referees, the referees are just there. They're like, uh, yeah, I, I guess I kind of know the rules to this sport. So I'll do my best to like enforce the rules and people in the stands are just like, you're a bum. You're a, <laughs> you, you in life are a bum. It's like, no, that person's not quite a bum. They're just doing their best and they got $17 out of it. Well, what is it about? Because there's something about Mormonism that brings this, this out too, in a way, because we've talked about it a little bit, but Utah jazz fans are the worst fans. And the best, and the best fans, and the best fans, yes, because of their, because Mike, I think it's a, I think it's one of the few acceptable places to express mm. pent up emotion and rage. So, like, I, like, 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 I can go through my whole life, you know, being a good, you know, good Sunday school teacher and a good husband and a good father and a good coworker and a good friend and a good fucking homie. But then when I go to a Utah Jazz game, I I'm I'm speaking I as the collective Mormonism. I can just get out every rage that I've ever felt and 
every escape that I've ever needed and every outlet that I've ever like desired in my life, I can do that by yelling at, you know, fucking LeBron James or, or whoever and booing and hissing and doing defense, defense. All I can, like I can get really into it because, because, you know, it, it's not a situation where if I have a beer, suddenly I'm going to get even more rambunctious. It's a situation where I can't have a beer. I can't, there is no release. There is no escape from my emotions. And there is no way for me to have like that little tiny, you know, steam release valve. And that's what I think it is. Like that, that's why, you know, you look at like fan bases in, in professional sports that are known to be the most rabid. Well, I mean, start with the Utah jazz. You can move into BYU. You can go into like Oklahoma city. Like, like there's like places yeah. that are like really, really good places to be a fan of sports and sports, you know, th- th- this is, sports is just a placeholder for any way to show emotion or any way to like have a release valve. Sports is a really good one, but it it could be, you know, anything, you know, it could be going to a concert. It could be, you know, anything, but I think that's what it is, dude. I think that's why church ball is so like epic as far as like, it's a, it's a, it's, it's its own meme. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just a place to release some of that pent up rage well i'm you know what this is obviously very synchronistic for me maybe i steered it this way on purpose i don't know because topic well like we're out of nowhere here with this shit right yeah right but this is what i've been feeling lately because as good as i am now at feeling my feelings and uh meditating or doing kundalini yoga or sitting with my emotions i don't give myself much of a a release valve i'm really good at feeling inward but sometimes things need to come out. A lot of times they need to come out. And that's still something I struggle with is some, you know, like someone who's brought up to be a good little boy and contentions of the devil. And I talk often how I cry a lot, but crying is very acceptable for Mormon men. It's actually kind of almost like a badge of spirituality in a way. If you get up and bear your testimony and cry, that's very accepted. Whereas like, I think, you know, in a lot of Western culture and masculinity, people would frown upon that. So kudos on Mormonism for at least saying, oh yeah, men can cry. But then it's a weird thing with like men, it's a badge of honor and you, you cry or you almost, almost bring out the, the tears to show how righteous you are. Um, oh yeah. You have to, the, the tears are part of the performance. Uh-huh. They can be. Yeah. And so, but there's not many appropriate places that we learned. Where did we learn to express Mormon anger? Ever did, was that ever said, you know, like acceptable? other than you're talking about church ball and that gets fucking out of hand, man, that are sports, I guess, playing sports. Well, it leads to, it leads to things like persecution complex. Do you know what I mean? Like, listen, there's a lot of layers to what I'm about to say. And I, I know our audience and none of y'all give a shit about fucking BYU sports. But I'm going to talk about like BYU fans. God love them. I I mean, I, listen. If I were playing any kind of uh, competitive sport, I would want to play for BYU because my fans are the the, the most the most loyal, 
like go to bat for me, people on on planet Earth. BYU fans go hard. Like they are, that's their thing. But that, 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 that's, that's where they're expressing anger. Yeah. Message boards, fucking games. Uh, they're, 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 they're going hard to like express this thing that is not allowed to be expressed within the confines of the church. Do you know what I'm, am yeah. I making any kind yeah. of sense here? You're making totally sense. And so in leaving Mormonism, like how have you found outlets for that? Well, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I, I come from a long line of people who, who struggle with temper and, and rage issues. And I think I've told this story in the podcast, but like my, my therapist introduced me to a practice that I have used multiple times in my life where, I mean, it's not even like, it's not even very woke or very cool to even talk about this, but like, I'll go to like Goodwill or DI and buy a bunch of like breakable shit, plates, glasses, that kind of thing. (laughs) And I'll just go, I'll go rage. Like there's a good way to like really wear yourself out and get rid of some rage by beating the shit out of that kind of stuff, breaking shit. You you know, maybe you have a fuck, man. I'm, I'm, I'm revealing a lot about myself, but like, maybe you got a baseball bat and you can like really, you know, tee up on some of those like uh, China plates that were, you know, cross the planes and then ended up in the DI, you know? Yeah. Like there's some real thing. There's some real shit going on there. And for me, that's been, you know, obviously, Breath, breathing exercises, breath work, um, meditation, but like that one is kind of a big one for me that every six months or so I do that. I go spend $20 at the DI and I, that $20 is put to good old use. Like it is put to use where I get out some fucking rage that's inside of me, you know? Yeah. So you were saying, um, I'm the, this it is kind of woke. I, mean, I don't know about woke is the right term, but like, that's, it's what we need more of, you know? I mean, I the thing I've loved doing, I talk about it often is I've got this punching bag. It's called like quick punch. And I put it in my doorway and I punch the shit out of that thing, man. I just get it all out. I'm like screaming and raging and just punch it. Sometimes I've, I've had cuts on my hands before. And then I, sometimes it's like, Holy shit. I didn't know. All, it, once I opened like that floodgate, um, I'm like, wow, I didn't realize how much was in there. And, but it's out now it's been expressed. It's been let out. And I feel like a, a release valve of sorts. And it's not like, for me, there haven't been many moments where I've like lost my temper, but for me, it goes so inward. Like mm-hmm. I lose, like I lose my temper at myself in a way to yeah. where it's like this weight of depression of like, and now I'm, I'm realizing sometimes when I'm feeling depressed Oh, I'm probably blocking some sort of anger right now. I'm, I don't feel like it's okay to to feel and express anger. And yeah. and I still, I, mean, I which still is, don't. Which, yeah. which, which, which like anger is like one of like four basic emotions, right? Yeah. And yet we're we we have to suppress it. Like, do you remember? Do you remember in high? Did you guys do a Fight Club when you were in high school? No, but. 
Okay, so Fight Club came out when I was in high school. And so we had a fight. I mean, we, you know, that was like the, all the rage. It was like, okay, let's do a fight club here amongst us as, as pals. And it was like, the rules are, you know, our rules were not the same as the fight club rules. It wasn't like first rule of fight club. You don't talk about fight club. Second rule of fight club. You do not talk about fight. We didn't have those rules. Our rules were like, you know, if someone is hurt, we, we, we break it up, uh, you know, no punching to the nads type of thing, you know, no, 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 no ball punches. But like we used to, I mean, I broke my nose in a fucking fight club and quite frankly, Mike, I've never felt more uh, alive than when I broke my nose in a, in a pretend fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's like, that's just not, that, that doesn't exist. Like there's no, there's no outlet for that shit. And I'm not trying to say everybody go out and start a fight club. Like that it's a, it's a good way to lose friends and, and defluence how to, how to lose friends and defluence people by Doug is nobody starting a fight club, <laughs> but you are talking about finding an outlet for all of that. That needs to be expressed some sort of an outlet. Cause I think, you know, we've talked a lot. I mean, we're on episode, what, almost 90 of this podcast. And it's like, talk a lot about feeling your emotions and which is invaluable. I mean, it's been invaluable for me, but I still get hung up on the expression part on, on finding, just finding outlets to express. I I mean, I think growing up, one of the things that saved me, I, I used, I was a swimmer growing up and I think, I think I got out a lot of rage that I didn't realize when I was, Oh yeah. You know? And then it's, it's interesting because yeah, when I did go to college and kind of stopped swimming all the time, that's when I, the depression really started. I feel like towards the, you know, around the time when I was going to start my mission, but I didn't, I no longer had an outlet for that anger, man. And it's okay to be angry. You know, (laughs) it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be angry. Like, and, and, but it's, but it's not okay to, express that anger through toxic methods. Yeah. And so it's, it's about finding a place for that. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, listen, I don't got, I, I, I don't have the answers, but that's what it's about. Right. It, it's about finding a way to express in a, in a, in a, in a safe and, and healthy environment the emotions that you're feeling. It's, I mean, you got to express joy too, but joy is more acceptable because you can, you can, you know, sing and dance and you can speak in tongues and you can, you can run it up and down. Like there's all sorts of ways to express joy, but we don't, we don't, we don't embrace or even acknowledge that we need ways to express anger too, that are healthy and not Will Smith style. I mean, think of it how we were back in like tribes, you know, yeah. I actually don't really know. I wasn't there, but like, yeah, I mean, I can't really like think back and remember it, but like, I I'm aware of situations. You can picture it though. Right. You can, yeah. you can join me on this journey here with that. Yeah, that that's, you that's the extent there. of the journey. We're there. We poop. We're there. That's the journey, boom. but boom, we're there back in a tribe. And it's like, you're hunting, you know, you're, uh, I don't know. It's just like, we're getting back to our primal roots. And part of that is expressing, expressing shit. So one of the things that we talk about is like, okay, 
maybe this ties into what we were talking about earlier about expressing like your yourself. There's an element of like expressing the parts of yourself that I think can be sometimes very safe where you say, look, there's a part of me that's feeling very upset right now, you know, where it, it, you're, 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 you're acknowledging that like, okay, I see this part of me. You're not acting from that part. You're speaking on behalf of the part to someone else. So now you're kind of the inter- inter- intermediary instead of speaking and saying, I'm so angry at you, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, no, you're saying, all right, I'm feeling, there's a part of me that's feeling very angry right now in this. And it, and you're allowing, it's almost like engaging with someone like, okay, are, are you okay if I express this part, you know, and you're checking in with them and you're kind of shielding them a little bit from that, from the direct experience of your inner monster, maybe, you know, Man, dude, I'm, I love that, Mike. I, yeah. I love that because it becomes this thing of like acknowledging that, okay, angry, angry Doug has entered the chat. Yeah. But let's, let's, let's leave angry Doug where he is, but here's what he's, here's what he's feeling. Shit, man. Like, you know, we, my, my significant other, you know how sometimes with your significant other, you just have to have a good old fashioned air clearing fight. Yeah. Uh huh. What a, what a healthy way to sort of navigate those types of scraps where it's like, Hey, I, I, I don't, I, I, I love you and I, I, and this is fine, but angry Doug is feeling this kind of way and let's see what's going on there. Like you're basically, you're basically creating a dialogue around your emotions. That's not a bad thing. No. And you're, you're basically saying, look, I know this isn't coming from my center. No. Yeah. I know I'm, I'm not feeling groovy right now. Right. And so I'm not going to pretend I'm not going to hold this part back and be like, Oh, Oh yeah. I'm feeling so great. No, there's a part of me right now. That's just like simmering and he wants to be expressed. But I also know that if, and if I don't express him or some way to get him out, then that's when he's going to possess me. And that's when I'm going to act from that spot and say hurtful things that I don't really mean, or goes uh, punch some guy at the Oscars that, you know, I don't want to punch. That's when, that's when that's going to happen. But instead of it's like, all right, I'm feeling this. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's let angry Doug like come to the table for a minute, knowing that that's. It's safe. It's safe. Yeah. Yeah. What an interesting thing. I'm having like a breakthrough right now. Just thinking about that. Cause sometimes I do like to, I do like to clear the air with like, let's get, let's say the, let's say the things that we wouldn't say and let's, let's, let's fight, you know, mm-hmm. because I mean, I don't know what your experience is, but after the like hurt feelings and the like kind of clear the air fight, life's pretty good. Like yeah. you get like, there's like good vibes between you and like the, it, it, the air is not so heavy and, sex is really good you know all that kind of stuff like what if we just approached it what if we approached all of life that same way of like okay angry doug angry mike angry whomever is at this table and here's what they need to say let's talk about that yeah whoa Uh, wait a minute here is that a thing 
I guess we can make it a thing. I think it probably is a thing. I don't think we discovered this, but I feel like no, we probably didn't invent it, but we might have like stumbled upon it. I think we kind of did stumble upon it where it's like, you know, imagine like, okay, you and whoever you're interacting with, whether it be your mate or a friend or something, it's like, okay, you guys are both bringing your crew with you. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and being like, all right, what you just said though, this, I got this guy over here that's kind of like, uh, I don't believe that. Or I, you know, or like that hurts you know, or, but I got this other guy over here. That's kind of like loving that you're finally getting this out and is like cheering you on. But then I don't know. So you got, you're, you're bringing all your people with you. you know? Dude, you got to bring your dance crew, like challenge your, challenge your mate to a dance off when you're in the thick of it. Remember, do you remember when Wendy and Tom on the podcast told us that they, they have all these cool methods for like being in fights where they would take MDMA, they would get naked. Yeah. Like they would do all these, cool things dude what if mid fight and you know fights between significant others are always the dumbest fights in the world like i think my last fight was a couple of weeks ago and it was about leaving the cupboard like the door of the cupboard open you know what i mean mm-hmm. and then that yeah. just devolved into like and another thing that i just really am mad about blah 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 you know it, it's just like the most nonsensical shit yeah. but it's like what if you what if you were like throw down a piece of cardboard and you were like, okay, dance off. It's a dance battle. Ooh. I love that, man. Because that's physical. You can, get, you can get into it. Yeah. You can express yourself. It's get also out. really silly. It's also the dumbest thing I've ever suggested in my life. And I don't think my wife's gonna go for it, but I kind of think it's a good idea. Like when we're in the thick of it, you know where there's that like that heavy air where <laughs> everyone's being quiet and no one will like back down and you're just like, it's just too tense. And you're just like button heads. It's like, what if I was like, dude, what if we had a fucking dance off right now? First of all, my wife would win every time because she's fucking professional dancer. But the, the second thing is that I might ease that tension a little bit. Oh shit. I'm going to try that. I'll, I'll return a report. I'll tell return for, first I want to hear what her reaction when you first proposed the idea. I can tell you she's feisty. Like she's fiery. Yeah. She's always calm. She's oh, always, I know she calm. always. Yeah. Uh-huh. until she's mad. And then it's like that fucking Leo comes out and she just starts oh, roaring, yeah. you know? And I will tell you right now, if I said, let's have a dance off, she would tell me that's the, I'm not taking anything seriously is the dumbest thing she ever heard in her life. And uh, you know, fuck you type of thing but I kind of want to try it just to see what happens. But then she might be kind of like, okay, but I kind of love it. I'm going to beat your ass at it. And then, I mean, that would give her the yeah. victory. Cause I'm right. usually right. I'm usually right in these fights. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's face it. You know, I'm usually right. She's usually wrong. Anytime we fight. Cause I don't want to fight. She does. I'm kidding. Everyone who's listening, especially my significant other, but like, <laughs> she's not listening. It's fine. She's not. Listening. Yeah. She doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> like, I asked her if she listened to the most recent episode and she's like, I actually haven't listened to an episode past number three. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> We're good. We're all good. It's just funny, man. You, you know, know, but I, I love that, but it's a way, I mean, just, I mean, it sounds like a silly idea, but it's also, you know, it's this way of like, we're going to get out our emotions in a safe container and move through some shit together. And then we're going to be, I'm not leaving you. Are you, are you coming back? Yeah. Okay. And you know, we're, we're all going to be, we're all going to be okay. And we're not trying to hold it in. We're going to get it out and express it in a really cool way. 
I get what you mean now, Doug. You walked off the screen. It's and there scary, was a, right? It's you got to keep man. talking and there's no audience. Yeah. And I was like, he's going to come. He's going to come back. I know he is. I think he is. And then he got back, back a beautiful thing, man. What kind of whiskey is that? Few. Few? F-E-W. That's the name of the whiskey? That's the name of the whiskey. Got buffalo on it. Is that what it had? Oh, yeah. Because this is Buffalo Trace. <laughs> <laughs> i just thought maybe I had some buffalo energy i don't know what happened there oh no, this is buffalo trace dude yeah. i was drinking few earlier that's why i'm confused oh okay <laughs> which brings me to the next part of this whole conversational topic and yeah. actually brings us back to will smith the most legal and prolific and abused substance in the whole world like the like the worst drug in the world is alcohol and that's probably like that was probably involved in the will smith thing i know it's been involved Mm -hmm. in every single one of my last 40 fights alcohol like all this stuff that we talk about i mean we, we we talk we tell we tell hypothetical stories about you know, tripping on entheogens. It's just storytelling. But the one that we can, like, that's legal, that we can talk all we want about is the one that is causing the most pain and 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 turmoil and honestly, like, the most dangerous yeah. of all these drugs that we have ever talked about is alcohol. Isn't it's crazy, crazy to think about that, right? Yeah, isn't that crazy that like yeah if we were if we were saying Mormons on Mormons on mimosas, vodka. Yeah, Mormons <laughs> on mimosas. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't have to hide. We wouldn't we would be using our we would our full identities out and we'd be doing more like we wouldn't be helping people, I guess. You know what I mean? It's like we, we wouldn't. We'd just be getting fucked up. No, but I'm glad we're kind of bringing this up because there is an element of like, I know we like to loosen up sometimes. I mean, I'm drinking a booch right now, right? Um, And, you know, we've had some guests who I really admire. Uh, Well, at least one of them, you know, I admire the fact that she, um, you know, she still hasn't tried alcohol. You know, I know we had that episode with David where he's recovering alcoholic and how, how much plant medicine and Kundalini yoga and breath work have helped him. And so there's a part of me that's like, you know, I still kind of rely on it to loosen me up sometimes when we record on these podcasts. Not all the time. We've recorded plenty without it, but um, I do kind of like how it just kind of helps me get into the flow a little bit more. Same. You know, I don't want to give the, I actually worry about that more than when we tell our, uh, of course, I worry about it a lot more than when we tell our trip stories. Oh, same, dude. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. Like that. I, Sorry. No, because I really don't really wor- actually don't worry at all when we tell our trip stories other than the perception and the stigma of it. But when I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm getting a little drunk on this episode. That's where I'm like, ooh, what, what impression are we giving? Yeah, don't yeah. like honestly. For anybody listening, I'm like, hey, I think I think trying some of these substances that we talk about that, that is that, that this podcast is based on. I think you're going to be okay. Like give it a try. I mean, there's obviously caveats that come with that. And like, if you've had mental health, you know, all that kind of stuff, 
And we've talked about that plenty. And we've talked about that plenty. You see a therapist, work hand in hand with a guide, like, yeah, take care of your shit, but you'll probably be fine. And you're going to, it's going to be healing and beautiful and magical. And because that's what, because that's what the stats show. And like walk in on a walk in on a group of people that are doing like a ceremony, like a like walk in on a group of people that are tripping. There is no danger. There is no danger. I mean, there's danger, sure. Yeah, come on, like safe, set and setting, blah, blah, blah. But like alcohol, you can guarantee that it heightens emotions. It 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 creates in people a a, a false memory. It makes you say things that you don't mean. It makes you do things that you don't mean. It make, I mean, alcohol is the most dangerous drug that we talk about on this podcast. And by the way, on this podcast, we've talked about alcohol, cannabis, mushrooms, MDMA, ayahuasca, mushroom, I said mushrooms, LSD, uh, Bufo, Combo. Shit, am I missing anything? Co- I mean, we've talked about cocaine. I've never done cocaine, but we've, we've mentioned cocaine. You know what someone said to me the other day? They said there's a thing called psilocybin. Oh shit! Combining psilocybin and I, I'm like, what? Tell me more oh, about shit, this. Dude, I don't know if I'm ready for that. <laughs> I don't know if it, either, but it apparently helps you get really in touch with your body. But well, oh. so does ayahuasca and psilocybin. So of course the two married together. But I think we, I think you covered them though, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I covered them, and I, the point. I don't know if I was making any kind of point. The point I'm trying to make is that like. The thing that is a common thread that runs throughout all these things is that we kind of casually talk about getting drunk. Like I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Like I've been to ceremonies, multiple ceremonies where, you know, it's that like getting to know everybody stage and like you're meeting new people and you're doing all that kind of stuff. Like I am the king of, and you know this, Mike, I'm the king of bringing beer to that kind of a setting to loosen not only me up, but kind of loosen everybody up. And it, I mean, my, listen, I, I'm not admitting to anything here, but like my relationship with alcohol is not my favorite relationship. I, I, I rely on alcohol to loosen me up in stressful situations or settings. And that's not the best part. That's not the best version of me. No. And I think what we can see is that it can also bring out, you know, we talk about like holding space for your demons. Yeah. You know, after a few drinks, it gets harder to hold that space. Yeah. Um, you start getting a little fast and loose with those uh, boundaries, you know? Yeah. Furthermore, when, I'm also at my very best when I'm on al- alcohol. So it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a love hate relationship. I mean, it is, man, because you're the most lovable. I mean, you're, you just become more Doug, and it's like, yeah. I mean, like, I'm a pretty lovable, uh, tipsy guy. <laughs> um, but but I, hate that, I hate that because it's so socially acceptable. Like, I can go to a chamber of commerce event and get and get tanked. Mm-hmm. If I went to a chamber of commerce event and was a little bit like a little bit tripping and was like, hey, let's actually let's actually connect and talk to each other about who we really are. People would be like, what the fuck is happening here? Yeah, right. Right? It's weird. Uh-huh. Yeah. Alcohol is the most da- alcohol is the most dangerous drug that we talk about ever. Yeah. And other than opiates, opioids, but we don't really talk about them. I think we don't really talk about I mean, I, I there are people who struggle with uh, you know, that that addiction and and please, if you struggle with that, figure it out. Go get help. Like talk to somebody. 
but we don't really come across that very much because people who, okay, I'm not making blanket statements, but I think that a lot of times people who do the things that like are in the community that we're in and are interested in that kind of stuff, they tend to be like, man, that's, that shit will fuck you up when it comes to opiates and stuff like that. When it comes to prescription pills. And maybe, maybe not. Maybe there are people who are like really like crushing the Percocets. Well, you know, I think, but avoid them. Maybe this is a future episode. I'm sure that some people, I, you know, cause I, you see the billboards everywhere in Utah and oh, yeah. you know, it's so easy to get. And I, I know doctors have tried to clamp down more on that lately, but um, I think I'm speaking a little bit out of my depth on this. I think, I mean, we probably have a lot of listeners who either struggle with it or have found healing through plant medicine that have overcome some of those addictions. Yeah. And, so really I think true. maybe it's time for an episode like that, but I am glad we brought up the alcohol thing. Cause I think it's, I, I don't know if it's, I was kind of weighing on me and I didn't realize it. Like just something about like, I enjoy a good booch. I like talking about it. I like joking about uh, being sponsored by booch and boochcraft today. Boochcraft baby. Boochcraft. This ginger lime, man, it's a good. Dude, I love the boochcraft ginger lime, bro. Yeah. Like I love that. The right amount of just like spice to it, you know, Yeah, we were drinking this up in Humboldt, weren't we? Yeah, we were. So I love joking about that and doing it and, you know, loosening it up a little bit, but I do think it's the part where I'm like, don't do what I do kind of thing sometimes. I know. Like, yeah. Honestly, because our episodes, because of the way our episodes are released, I could see people thinking, Man, those two are just a couple of drugs. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. But like honestly, I I really I really don't love I don't love alcohol. <laughs> I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. Mm-hmm. I th- this might be like more information. We might have to cut this whole fucking episode, Mike, but like alcohol is just socially acceptable way to connect with people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you go yes. out on a weekend with some friends or some couples or, you know, whatever, it's like, oh, let's have a beer and, and, and loose, like kind of grease the skids and it, it, it creates better conversation and you kind of are op- a little more open and connecting. But other than that, I try to avoid it because I fucking hate it. I don't like the way it makes me feel. I don't like the way it makes me like, I, I don't like the, the next day, like feeling like, yeah, did I say shit I shouldn't have said? Did I do things I should have done? All that kind of stuff. I've never felt that way with cannabis or or mushrooms or LSD. I've never felt that way because I'm always clearly aware of everything I've ever said or done. But bro, like alcohol, it can get away from you. You know, it yeah. get it, yeah. it, because because one drink can quickly lead to four drinks, and then four drinks can lead to seven drinks. And once you're at seven drinks, for me anyway, I mean, it's party time. But also there's no stopping me, you know? Yeah. Dude, is this too much reality? Is this too much? No, real? I think it's good. We're fine. We're talking about this I think It's it's time. And because there is an element where man, it's, it's this love hate thing, man, because I've been to work events sober for oh. 30, 33 years of my life. Oh. I went, I, I traveled on audits, you know, for we would go to countries or on work trips and coworkers would be drinking and I'm there 
you know, pounding the Dr. Peppers or whatever. And there was this disconnect, you know? And then when I started drinking, it's like, oh my gosh, I, I get it. I get the so the social lubrication part, which enabled like this depth of conversation and this vulnerability with these people and this bonding with coworkers and, uh, and not just coworkers that I'm talking about in a work setting, but like going out with friends and having a goofy, silly night in downtown LA where you're kind of just being goofy and silly and, and being drunk with you on whiskey street in salt Lake. And just like be, then being in Denny's later with our shirts off and like just having yeah, a yeah. fun old time. Right. And great memories. And, um, and so in that aspect, I, I, I love it. And then it's like, but I also hate it, man. It's a weird, it's a weird yeah. deal, right? It is mm-hmm. a weird relationship. Like I, 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 I dare say this, Mike, and maybe you'll back me up and maybe you'll say, Doug, your, your head's full of sand, but I'm probably the funnest drunk most people have ever met. I, I am probably the most fun to get drunk with of anybody, anybody has ever met. I, I admit that about myself. I'm yeah. a good old time. Cause I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. like all of the things, like all of my best stories are, well, I was a little drunk. So I fill in the blanks uh-huh. and I'll do, I, I mean, shit, I'll do anything, Mike. I will do anything. Well, but then you're also so like you just magnified this lovable, friendly, like you're hugging everybody, you're everyone's best friend. And you already are everyone's best friend that just gets magnified. And so it's dangerous though, because then that's what people love and that's what they want. And it's like, you have this expectation and it's hard to be like, oh, I'm trying to cut back on the booze. You know, I'm trying to like, eh, I'm trying to slow down on the booze. And it's like, well, why? You're the most fun when you've had two or three beers. I'm like, ah, fair point. So I'll drink a couple more, I'll drink a beer. Dude, this is a fucking therapy set. This is not, I don't even know this is an episode. This is just an episode, man. This is an episode. I'm glad we're talking about it. Is it kind of like a fun Bobby kind of thing? (laughs) Remember that? (laughs) Yeah. Friends. (laughs) Yeah. Some of those little, no, in Friends, there was like uh, a, uh, the TV show Friends. There was uh, Monica, I think was dating some guy and they call him fun Bobby. He was always just the life of the party, but it was only when he was drunk. And then they, I think they had an intervention or something. And then he stopped drinking he was no longer fun, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a real, by the way, I agreed with you when you said fun, Bobby, because mm-hmm. I was just like, kind of like going along, like, yes, ending you. Yeah. I have to make a confession. Please. Confession time. I've never seen in my life. What? A full episode of friends. What? Remember earlier in the podcast when I was like, dude, if we're talking nineties TV, like hit me up. Like I'm the guy. Yeah. There is a big, old, there is a big old blind spot in my, in my rear view window. I don't, I've never said, I don't know. I, people make friends jokes to me and I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. Come on. But I never ah. know what people are talking about. Like, I don't, I've never seen friends. Like, I think I can name some of the people from friends because it's in the zeitgeist. Like people, I mean, friends was like huge. Yeah. So I know like Monica, you know, and Ross, is there others? Yeah, Joey is Joey a person? Six, there's six of them. Yeah. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> but I have no, I have no frame of reference for friends. Cause I just, I just never saw an episode of it, dude. Oh, wow. Well, I, I, yeah. 
how did you how did you escape that? How did you? How did but, you? <laughs> but but Mike, here's the thing: I've yeah. quoted Seinfeld episodes to you where you've been like, I don't know if I've seen that. So there's like, no, it's true too. That's true. But I've seen a lot of Seinfeld. But I, I agree. Yeah, but I've seen every. I think I've seen every Friends episode. I mean, yeah, my mate and I, we the first time we made out, we were just on in our uh, apartment in L- Logan watching yeah, Friends. Oak Ridge, baby. Yeah. After a friend's episode, most that's the romantic I am. <laughs> Wait, hold up. Let's talk about the first time that the two of you made out that it was like, you were like, come over and we'll watch friends. Yeah. We'll come over and watch friends. And we were just laying, we, I think we were laying on our dirty ass floor of the apartment and we were watching friends and watching it late into the night. And then yeah, eventually it just turned out into a makeout session. <laughs> And it was great. And that's when I was like, holy shit, this was like electricity was sparking, man. You know, did you guys do any uh, Levi love in that first night or was it? No, man, not the first night. It was just, you were, I, didn't, you were I don't think I needed any Levi love and honor and, and respect. <laughs> I just think I was uh Mormon and scared and didn't need. Yeah. It was just like, that was a plenty of electricity for me that night. Yeah. How about Dude, you? I used to go through like three, I used to go through three pairs of garments when my current wife and I were dating. I used to go through like three pairs of garments in a, in a <laughs> night. Cause I just, I just, I just nut into the garments and be like, okay, I don't want to sit here with these sticky, wet, gross garments. No, so I throw them in, that. The, in the hamper yeah. and then I put on a new pair and start back up again, man. God bless the women of the fucking Mormon church who had no way of having, like I could rub up against a, honestly, I could rub up against a brick wall and have an orgasm. I, I literally could right now. I'll do it. I'll do it on the podcast if you want me to. But I know, I know damn well that my uh, girlfriend at the time, then fiance, now wife, I know damn well that she wasn't having orgasms until there was like, there was like, you know, P and B or, or yeah. old, uh, you know, Johnny Oral came to town. <laughs> old Johnny Oral. Yeah. Um, and I, I, by the way, I'm, I be, I, I became really good at Johnny Oral, but before that, I don't know why she stayed with me. She was like, just feeling no wonder we had all night makeout sessions. I was, I was nutting every 30 minutes. <laughs> And she was like, can I get a little action here? Like, let me a little something. Sh- yeah, I should have grabbed the fucking Hitachi and just gone to work on her. <laughs> Dude, that's that's when you get into the devil's territory right there. Yeah, that's the devil's work. Um, Patch Adams was the first uh, time I made out with my. Patch sister. Adams, the movie, the Robin Williams movie. I will tell you right now, I, ha- I-, I will tell you yeah. just you, Mike. I won't tell anybody else. No one else. I know that Patch Adams is about Robin Williams becoming a doctor and being funny <laughs> to like help people like get over their fucking diseases and shit. Yeah. It's, it's a movie for uh, lip libtards who want like universal health care. Right. Yeah. Go for <laughs> it. Yeah. Let's do it. Come on, Patch Adams. Let's do this. But honestly, like I had invited her over I, and the way I invited her over, I was like, Hey, come on over. We'll put a movie on and we'll make out. That was like my line. And she was like, okay. 
And so we put Patch Adams on and immediately started making out. I mean, you know how it goes. You're fucking firing on all cylinders. You're as horny as, as can be. It puts on that red nose, man. And like, honestly, my my only understanding of the movie Patch Adams is the DVD cover where Robin Williams is in like that. Like, I think he's in a white doctor's coat and he has a red clown nose on. And so I've put together that Robin Williams is a doctor who brings joy to fucking patients. I don't know the plot. I never saw the movie. <laughs> I never seen one scene of that movie. Well, man, if you didn't pay attention to the plot, I think you would get hard because if someone says though, that we all deserve healthcare, damn, man, that gets me hard and ready. Oh, come on, girl. Send me, <laughs> Hey, Hey, slide in my D I don't have anything for DM slide in my texts. I'm not going to give you my cell phone number, but slide in my texts and say, uh, universal healthcare for all. And I will send you a dick pic. I've never sent a dick pic. Have you ever sent a dick pic? I've <laughs> honestly, Oh shit, you. dude. I didn't mean to put you on blast, Mike. Never mind. I used to travel for work. Well, I don't know if it was a dick. It wasn't a dick pic. No, I never sent a dick pic. Actually, that's never you happened. Sent those washboard abs of yours, huh? Well, I just sent some sexy photos to my mate. <laughs> Mike, I've never sent a sexy photo. Yeah. I mean, I'm not good at it, man. <laughs> I bet you are, dude. Send me a sexy photo. I'll, I'll, I'll give send, you a Okay, I'll send you one. You have yeah. signal, right? <laughs> I got a signal. Dude, show me a signal dick, dude. I'll get in there. I'll work my game, man. Um, I know we don't are talk. There, are politics. there such a thing as male sexy photos? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think I think so. That's a deal, right? We send you send sexy I might be, photos. I might be revealing something about my wife. Like, I don't think she wants to see my body. I think she might. Just try it. <laughs> <laughs> Next mean, time you're like away from her, just be like, just just like start taking like some photos. I don't know. Just try to. Mike, speaking of sexy bodies, let me just holy shit, man. Let me just unbutton and show you the shirt I'm wearing right now. Oh yeah, because listen. Listen, all you judgmental listeners, I got a fucking sexy body. I just, my wife never wanted to see it before. And I'm all about it. Oh, yeah. Dude, you're wearing that shirt, man. That's what I'm trying to show you is this shirt. Yes. More like a tank top, bro. Dude, that's sexy as fuck. Just send her a picture of that, and then and then you send one without it. Yeah, I don't know. Just, like, work your way in. Nah, she's not <laughs> much of a texter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever. I don't know where we went in this episode. <laughs> Dude, honestly, I don't even, what time is it? It's, I mean, we've been going for an hour and 15. Let's keep talking. What What else is happening in your world? Should we talk about the fucking article or should we leave that for the the universe? Maybe we close with that. Don't you think? Yeah, I think we close out by the article. So we were mentioned in a, in a, you, we, we, we interviewed by a, a reporter, what was about a month ago or so for Utah business. She was doing an article on the divine assembly and uh, the greater Mormons on mushrooms movement. And, you know, it was a fun chat with her. We uh, talked about, you know, our story doing mushrooms for the first time, healing, talk about all of it, you know, and she wrote a pretty fucking great article about it. Yeah, she did. You know, we were mentioned a few times. And quoted, I th- quoted even. Quoted, yeah. 
I'm not, I haven't really been quoted before in an article. Yeah, dude, I never cool. got quoted before. Yeah. I was kind of like, Oh, this is kind of cool. And you know what? She quoted us well. And so someone joined our uh, Facebook group on Monday morning and they said they heard about the podcast through this article. I was like, Oh, what? So I looked it up and it actually came out on my birthday last Friday. So I read, happy birthday. I love you, Mike. Thank you, man. Yeah. Love you too. Um, and we, uh, read the article. It was great. And I was like, you know what? I'm actually going to send this to my parents. One, because I wanted them to read it. And two, because I didn't want them to get it from someone else, even though I don't know how many people read Utah business magazine. I thought someone might, you know, and send it their way. And I, I, I kind of wanted to be ahead of it now, now that they know about the podcast. So I sent it to them and my dad responds back a few minutes later. He's like, the link's not working for me. And I was like, what? So I sure enough, wasn't working for me either. So then we contact the reporter and say, you know, what's going on? And she's like, what do you, I don't know. Um, so she reaches out to the editor and gets. Read it, dude. You just got to read it word for word. So that I got to read it, it, man. Um, I got to find the text thread. Okay, By the way, so, while, Ma- while Mike is finding the text thread, I'll just throw in my, my portion of the story. Mike sent me the link. I read it. And then Mike responded to me like, hey, the link is broke. And I was like, wait, what, why, why would the link be broke? What's going on? So then that's when we reached out to the, the reporter who wrote the article. And then this happened. I was, and I was really just assuming that they, it was released sooner than they wanted to, or, or, you know, maybe it didn't, it wasn't ready for release quite yet. I don't know. But she said, this was from my editor. So the editor says, I am so sorry in all caps. We've been in chaos all morning. The 12 called our parent company and shut us down. The 12. The 12 writers from Minas Morgul. (laughs) Yeah, the 12 fucking... I I, I had a joke, but I lost it. Uh, Called our parent company, had us shut down. We had to pull the story online and in print. Yeah, dude. I'd like, a, I'd like a copy of that. If anyone has a print copy of that Utah business. Man. Yeah. Anybody got a, a, a ridge copy of that Utah business thing? I will pay you money for it. So reach out. So the 12 had it pulled from Utah business and it was a very kind of innocuous article, man. It just talked about, I mean, yeah, it talked about how we are healing from Mormon trauma, but. If anything, if anything, the article would be a good thing for the church to say, Hey, see, don't leave the church because here's what happens. You get into like drugs and and hippie shit. Like if I were the church, I would be like, yeah, run that article and let us actually promote it on our social media. Because then all of the people who are against what we talk about on this podcast would be like, yeah, you're goddamn right. And they wouldn't say goddamn. They'd be like, you're gosh darn right. Those yeah. Those, I mean, the, then the persecution complex comes up and it makes people even stronger in their beliefs. So for that article to be pulled, really, I, I don't even, I still to this day don't really believe that. Like there's something else here because the church has got to have a better PR department than to like try to restrict freedom of the press, which is the first amendment. I don't, yeah, I guess so. I just don't know what else it would be though, that they would pull it like that, you know? and it sounds so bizarre. It's such a weird move for the church to make, like to pull that. Um, Let's assume the church didn't actually do this, that it's just like a saving face kind of thing from her editor. Like there was something else going on. Like 
you know, the, uh, one of the advertisers, their, their, their logo was wrong. That's what I'm assuming. Yeah. And he's, maybe he's an ex-Mormon be like, I want to, I want to use this as a, a way to throw shade at the church. Exactly. That actually almost makes more sense. <laughs> it does make more sense, right? <laughs> Cause I just can't believe what one they they care. Like, and if anything now, you know, because, because of that, like Steve Urquhart, um, he wrote a, a scathing and brilliant article in Utah B where he kind of takes the church to task for the power they wield in Utah. And we'll link to that in the, in the show notes, but, um, also just a shout out to Steve, Steve, I, I absolutely love you. And, uh, if you want me to be the best man at your wedding or the flower girl, or the, uh, if you want me to officiate your wedding, like Steve, you got me, whatever you need from me, you can ask and I will give it. He's a fucking rock star, isn't he? I love Steve. I love I mean, you too, man. Come on. And the fact that he just like whipped that, that article out, I was just like mad and just like, he's like, I whipped it out of my ass. I'm like, that's some, you know, the ass is the portal to God. Thing was, you could tell that thing was fucking firing on all the Yosemite Sam fingers. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? You could tell reading that article that he was just like, them's fighting words, varmint. Shooting well, his guns. If anyone's heard that our last episode, he the anger is coming because he's seen the damage that it's caused. He's been there with, with LGBT kids, countless who, people, countless people, countless people in the divine assembly and people he's worked with. He sees this Mormon trauma shit all the time and sees the damage it's causing and sees the church turning a blind eye and the church. And then it, when he was in, in the, in the uh, legislator in the state of Utah, he saw that the church always pulling strings all the fucking time behind the, behind the scenes. And how all of a sudden some senator would be for a bill and then they'd get some call and the senator would just drop turn, it, drop it. Yeah. And he's seen all that. And so he really calls the church to task in this article. And if anything, you know, the church tried to squash this Utah business article. I know, Like no offense. Cause we're a tiny little podcast, but like, why are you trying to squash a Utah business magazine yeah. article? And now it's created a story that might actually go places. So like, honestly, like it might go big places. Yeah. We've heard of some things that might get, uh, might pick it up. So um, really weird, but I was, you know, thinking of it in terms of too, like the fear, the church must be kind of feeling right now. Right. But imagine this, maybe is this trying to do too much empathy for the 12 here? I say we give the the 12 as much empathy as we possibly can muster because I feel well, like they're also hurting, dude. So yeah, this is a well, weird thing. Let's give the 12 our empathy. Well, I know we should also say fuck them and we can say both. We can give yeah, them fuck our empathy. Those motherfuckers. But we can like, ex- honestly, it, like yeah. they're, they're human people. Sorry. But imagine being in the situation, your life, right? Where you, your, your whole life, you've kind of like lived this thing. It's brought you, you think it's brought you happiness. You, you attribute your happiness to it. And everything in your outer world almost confirms it, right? Like you're living the way you should, quote unquote, and then all of a sudden you get promoted or then all of a sudden you get these work, uh, these uh, responsibilities at church and people, you give talks and people are weeping and crying and coming up to you later. You're being quoted. You're you're being quoted, right? Yeah. And you're, you're changing my life. You hear that from people all the time. You go to a regional conference 
people are gushing in tears and hugging you and talking about their family member who died, but now you gave them hope. And then, and then now all of a sudden you're one of the 12 and you're not, you're not seeing Jesus. You're not getting any of those visitations that you thought you would get. And in fact, you're seeing now the inner workings of the church. And you're being kind of like, Oh my gosh, everyone's kind of like the 12 or even like scheming against each other and what's going on here. And so your worldview is kind of like you're seeing you're, you're not only seeing the man behind the curtain, you are the man behind the curtain. You're one of them. Man, well said. You are the man behind the curtain. And that's, you accidentally became the man behind the curtain. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't establish this whole Oz thing. You didn't, you didn't go to great lengths to create the Wizard of Oz. You just suddenly are the man behind the curtain. And suddenly you're looking around, and you're like, oh, I have all the levers and controls here. What does yeah. that mean for the big floating head out in the vestibule there? And if we let that big floating head fall, what, what happens? What happens to all those people who are weeping to me after general conference and praising me and sharing my, my talks on their stories and whatever. And like, what happens to them, you know? And so you're like, and yeah, like you said, you didn't choose it. All of a sudden you're in this position where you kind of worked your way up and now you're there being like, holy shit, this might be a mirage, but I got to hold it together because, and maybe this is my test. Maybe this is my test is just to kind of hold this belief system together for these people who need it. And, and I think that's the fear. That's why they're like, let's stockpile all the wealth we can. It, that's a fear thing. It's a security thing. Like if you're yeah. stockpiling uh, huge sums of cash, it's because you're fearing about the future. Oh yeah. They're scared, man. They're, they're scared. And they're, they, they see the numbers. They see the people leaving. They see articles come out. So they're trying to hold this thing together. What they don't realize is that, and because they're holding on to the rod, everything about Mormonism is holding on, man. Hold the fuck on. Yeah. Endure dude. to the end. Endure. Yeah. Like, honestly, like if you got $120 billion at your disposal um, and you're not worried about the future because you, you, that's an evergreen, that, that, that account will still continue to fill up and all that kind of stuff. Use the $120 billion. Use it. Use it. Use, Use it. it. You know what? Spend and it all. Spend the, spend the whole fucking account balance. Uh, you, you don't need comes to, from that. You don't need to go, you, you don't need to worry about Haitian gangs. You don't need to worry about, uh, you know, the Red Cross grifting you. You don't need to worry about going into the Middle East. You can spend, you can become an entity in and of itself. Hmm. You and a huge listen, entity, yeah. what's that? You could become the entity. You could become, you can become the entity with $120 billion. Uh-huh. I mean, that's like, we're talking like a little bit less than Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and Bill. Like we're talking about a little less money than them. Those guys can change the world. Church, change the world. And by the way, 12 apostles and first presidency homeboys, we love you. We love you. But if you're not, if you're not worried about the future, Fucking spend that money for something good. But I think they are. Please, about the please. I think they can't. The and so I think that's the thing. It's like you, when you're so used to holding on and not letting things die, you've got, you've got to let things have to die. Things have to it's die. So, so worried about what would happen if the Mormon church died. Look at the beauty that's come in our community and people we know who have let the Mormon church die for them. 
I've met I've met some of the most beautiful people I've ever met in my life because of this fucking podcast. Yeah. And it's like we wouldn't have come together. Like these are people I consider my closest friends. And it's because we're all saying, man, I'm not bitter and I'm not angry and I'm not like I'm not trying to tear down anything. I just feel like I've I was wrong. That's that's the whole thing. I feel like I was wrong. I feel yeah. like I was duped. That's that, that's the whole thing. Like we don't got like none of the people that I've met, Mike, you're the only one of them that I can be like, what do you think about the Utah Jazz playoff hopes? Like you're the only one. Everybody else is so far fucking hippie and earthy and whatever <laughs> that they don't give a shit about basketball. I still care about basketball. I still care that the Utah Jazz win. I love the Jazz. I love them. I I love the jazz more than I love the, the Mormon church, <laughs> but I still don't care if the jazz win or lose in the, in the end. Like I, I, I know the jazz aren't going to win the championship. So I'm still going to keep rooting for the jazz. The future is solid. I'm still going to be a jazz fan forever. The jazz can spend all their money. They can, they can pay the luxury tax. They can go hard. And even if they lose, I appreciate the effort. And Mormon Church and 12 Apostles and $120 billion, we don't care if you win or lose. We just appreciate the effort. That's all it comes down to. <laughs> I'm trying to follow you on that analogy. I know, Mike. I'm sorry. Am I going all sorts of places? <laughs> I know. I'm, just... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a little tipsy. Um, I do want to say, though, there is an element of like, letting things die. Right. Like, and that's one of the things that I love that mushrooms have taught us, which it kind of almost said in that article is that what growth comes from the decay. Yeah. When you let, and you know what, there's probably a time Doug, when as much as I fucking love this podcast and this community, this could be the last episode. It could be, it won't be, but it could be, but could be. there will, I think there will be a day when it's like, Oh, this will have to die to give birth to something new. I don't know if that's, next, next episode. I don't know if it's 20 years down the road and, and me right now, because I love this so much. I hope it's 20 years down the road, but there may become come a day when it's like, Oh, it's time. It's time for Mormons on mushrooms to die. Yep. And I hope I'm not gripping like the Mormon church and the leaders are and trying to squash people and, and uh, burn down printing presses still to this day when that happens. Right. And so keep me in check when it's time to let this thing die. Let's let it die and go out in, in grace, right? Because the rising generation, you see it with your kids and my kids. They've got something going on, man. Oh yeah. Well, and they've got something going on. Yeah. They don't give a fuck. They don't, they've got, there's some magic to them. Right. And so whatever they're creating, whatever they're creating, I'm more than happy to let whatever I'm creating die to see what they, they build. Same I, I got to tell the, I got to tell the listening audience. So when this whole thing, the article got pulled, Mike and I were texting each other and I, and I, in, I think probably like a uh, predictable fashion, I was like, what? That's fucking bullshit. What is this? I don't understand. Why would the church go against the first amendment? This is ridiculous. They, they're too smart for that. Mike responded with probably the best text I've ever received. Is it okay if I put you on blast? Is that okay? Yeah, blast it. Yeah. 
Mike responded to me, well, hold on, Doug. The church does have a deep and rich history of destroying printing presses. And I honestly, it changed the whole game for me. It changed the whole goddamn thing. I was like, yeah, good point, man. It's just, you know, the Utah Business Magazine might as well be the Nauvoo Expositor. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Nauvoo Expositor. And it might be to the point where it's like the church as an institution is almost blind to how much they do it because it's been such a part of our legacy for so long. And so, you know, I'm glad we showed some empathy for the 12, but also kind of fuck them because it's like, you guys, like, listen for once. You've been, you know, listen, reach out, hear people. I don't know. Open your hearts, you know, like. Corm, Corm of the 12, to quote um, myself from very early in this episode, I'll say the same thing to you that I've said to my wife. You know, fuck you, but I, I love you and I want the best for you and I will never stop fighting for you, but fuck you. And let's have a dance off. And let's have a dance off. <laughs> Did I still Honestly, your thunder? You and me versus Dallin H. Oaks and Jeffrey R. Holland. Come on, dude. I think we could take them. I think we could, man. I dance really weird, but I think I could take them. <laughs> but dude, Holland would have them jowls going and it would be kind of dope. Like, I'd be like, dude, that's kind of a good jiggle. Ooh, you know what? I want people to send us who they think would be the best dance and apostle. If we even remember the apostles, I, I'm trying to remember the three. I, I can only remember yeah, like two. <laughs> I feel like we only mentioned the two because that's the only ones I remember anymore. I feel like is Uchtdorf. Uh, what about Uchtdorf? I remember that guy. Is Uchtdorf still going? I bet he could have a little bit of a flair when he. I mean, it's probably he probably they're all going to dance a little rigid, but like he is could Uchtdorf have a little. Still going? Is he in the? Who's in the first presidency? I don't know, but I know Uchtdorf's still alive. You oh, know, yeah. he, he he can still dance probably. Oh, dude, I bet <laughs> that guy can dance like a motherfucker too. So yeah, let's have a dance off, and that's where we get out our energy in a healthy way, and we can. I don't know. Hey, Dieter, we think you're a dope dancer, dude. Come on, let's go. We're going to hit it. The three of us, you, me, and Mike, dance off for the soul of the church. I kind of like I kind of like Dieter F. Uchtdorf. Is it F? I don't, I think so. Yeah. I've always, he's, he's a handsome dude, right? Dude, he's fucking dope. He's good looking, man. And he's always telling those like fucking flyboy stories. And I'm like. This this dude is like the Mormon Tom Cruise. Like I feel like Maverick is in the in the building. He doesn't have that weird energy, man. Nelson, that's the guy's name, right? Nelson, like he's got some weird fucking energy, man. Nelson has Palpatine energy. Palpatine, Mr. Burns type energy, man. Get <laughs> on, dude. Mr. Burns, like, hey, we we disagree on Friends and Seinfeld, but we agree on the Simpsons. Oh yeah, for sure. We can agree on a lot, man. But I mean, we agree on everything. Pretty much. <laughs> Do we have you and I ever disagreed on something? Let's figure it out and let's have an episode about it. <laughs> Dude, I, I, that would be a good episode. Things that yeah. Doug and Mike disagree on. Yeah. We got to right. find those things. All right, let's find them. We can do that. Ooh, I got, I, ooh, I got one for you, Mike. Yeah. So I, this was an actually, this is, this is a story from recent. Are we, is, is this, are we done? Is this podcast? No, I, I, we got to wrap up on this part. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So like, uh, 
I, 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 I was in a raffle of some kind, like for work. And I think people, I think people who listen know that I live in Idaho. So this will make more sense if you couch it in the fact that I live in Idaho. So I was in this raffle I, and and really, I didn't even know that I was in the raffle. I just was giving to the cause that was going on. Anyway, I fucking won the raffle and won a shotgun. Oh, Mike just leaned forward. Just so, just for the listening audience, Mike was leaned back, comfortable as can be. Looks like he's smoking a joint, but it's actually a fucking highlighter pen. Yeah. But then when I said I want a shotgun, Mike leaned forward because he knows that I'm my dad was a my dad is a gun collector and I'm a I'm an anti-gun kind of homeboy. Well, I got this shotgun. And based on my being raised, I was like, hey, kids, let's go out and let me show you how this shotgun works. So I took the shotgun outside in my backyard. I live in the fucking woods, so it's fine. So I shot this shotgun my two daughters chewed me out chewed me out they were like why do you have this gun what is this gun is this it's it's no good like why would we even need it you would never need this gun what are you going to use it for why would you even why would you even win it why don't you sell it and give it to somebody and i was like well i you know i i won it in a raffle and i kind of like shooting a shotgun and it's cool but my daughters were like, no, 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 no. Get rid of this fucking shotgun. Like I've, I'm, I have, I know we're not supposed to get into politics on the, po- on the podcast. I have raised two very smart little liberals. And so they were like giving me all the fucking, they were giving me the shit. Yeah. But I, I still have like childhood Doug in me. Uh-huh. I still have Mormon Doug inside me. And I was like, look at this gun. It's pretty cool. Like, let's go shoot it. And because of my daughters, I was like, okay, let's get rid of this fucking shotgun. And if I can get rid of that shotgun, I kind of feel like the 12 apostles can get rid of their fucking weird. We've got to keep the church alive at all costs kind of thing that might not be a very good comparison but i i feel like it's kind of dead on but you know where also too and because i'm not really disagreeing with you here i mean and the fact that like if you said it, i would i kept it and i stored yeah it but closet, you would have like, been mad if i told you i still have that shotgun and i'm out here shooting turkeys and shit yeah but you are you doing that I mean, I still kind of want to, but no, I'm not. I have not shot any turkeys. Okay. Well, then we have nothing to scream because I do think it almost ties into what we were talking about earlier. You did have a gun and you used it and you expressed it in a healthy way. There was an anger way that you, you know, not you, you didn't use it in anger, but I mean, it's like, I feel like there's an analogy to the beginning thing where we're talking about uses of anger, right? I don't know. I, I'm also very anti-gun. So... <laughs> Mike, I still have the gun. Oh, you still have the gun. I'm getting rid of it. Well, maybe you don't. Maybe that's where we fight, man. No, I, I would yeah. never fight with you. <laughs> that's what we were doing. I know, but we're that saving that point. for another podcast. I would never fight for you. Or I never I would never fight with you. I would yeah. fight for you with my life. Uh-huh. But I have to admit to you that 
I, I have a guy who wants the gun, but I have, the gun is still at my house. Hmm. Like I, I can leave the podcast right now and go shoot that gun. Are you going to give it away? I'm selling it. Are you selling it? Well, no, you don't have to. That's what I meant, man. You can, you can get money for it. That's fine. <laughs> don't know, why, why were you feeling? No, get my, that's what I meant. I meant don't give it away. Like, are you, are you selling it? Yeah, I'm selling the gun. Like okay. who, who's going to fucking mess with? I mean, no one's going to mess with me. Like, I don't need a gun. No, you're gonna be fine. Gun eye for an eye makes the whole world go blind. And yeah, I, I think, um, Shit, dude. I, I'm I've I've disrupted this whole fucking episode because I my I brain's going in all sorts of different directions. I'm sorry. I just do it. think that that tied it up in a way where it's like, I don't know, I think it ties into our anger. It ties up all in the the sphere of it. That's like I don't know. There's something about like maybe it ties into anger where it's like you have it, you express it, and maybe you can let it go. Let it go. At that point. But it's hard to let go of it until you've expressed it, you know? Maybe that's a good point. And sometimes it's like that a part of you is like, no, I'm not going to let this anger go. I'm not going to let this go until like you give some sort of voice or I get this energy out. And then you get the energy out and you're like, okay, I can let it go. Was that, was that too dumb of it? Uh, no, no, that was dumb, dude. <laughs> okay. I, we actually just got serious. Like this whole thing has been like joking around, but like we just got serious and you're right. And so, yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's the theme of this whole thing. I hope people went on this journey with us and learned something. Dude, I hope anybody, <laughs> I hope anybody listened to this whole podcast. Like, these are just my favorite ones. I kind of fucking love just. I mean, honestly, like- <laughs> I think my favorite ones too, but like, I don't want to say that because it might be offensive to everybody else. No, I love them too. I love the Schleese ones. I love our guest ones. Uh, there's sometimes just like me and you and there are least downloaded ones. I don't fucking care. I know the, the you and me episodes are really the least downloaded ones, but guess what, Mike, these are my best therapy. Same, same. Like Shalice, Shalice is just too enlightened. Like every time we talk with Shalice, I'm like, God damn it, dude, I got work to do. But when you and I talk, I'm like, you know what? I'm doing my best. <laughs> I'm, I'm Okay. <laughs> we're we're doing okay you know there's even like you were good enough and i think that's the thing we're we're good enough let's try our best let's let's try our goddamn darndest to fucking do this and i think there's the title of the episode let's try our goddamn darndest <laughs> <laughs> all Hello, right buddy wasn't that oh, perf 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 man holy perf. shit dude and i want you to text me when you sell the shotgun Okay, we'll do. Love you. Love you, Mike. Hey, love you, man. Love you too. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Mormons on Mushrooms podcast. We have so much fun recording it. And if you love it, we would absolutely love it if you could leave a review on wherever you get your podcasts. It would really help our visibility so more people can listen to it and be enlightened and hear our crazy stories. So thanks again for tuning in. 